And so when I was approached, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to share my story with 500 people. Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human. This is a podcast celebrating the resiliency of the human spirit. These are conversations with people from all walks of life, exploring their journeys and what makes them who they are. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today, I'm joined by Jackie Goldberg. She's a daughter, a sister, the manager or a manager of customer success at LinkedIn. I imagine you have more than one. Um... Uh, at LinkedIn, and also a co-host of a podcast, a LinkedIn mindfulness podcast called In the Arena that um, I've listened to a couple episodes of, and I highly recommend anyone listening, uh, check it out. It's really cool. And actually, that podcast is um, how I kind of uh, ran into you. Digitally, internet ran into you uh, on the interwebs. But I was listening to um, an episode from from months ago uh, about transformation, and you and your co-host, Leah, were talking about your I guess, transformation journeys. And there was this one part, I want to read it because I love it. You said, I woke up and I can't say it was one day, but it was a series of doing the script or living out the script that I thought was written for me in my 20s. I kind of woke up one day and was like, wait, this is my life. And I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled from the outside looking in. I had the husband, the dog, the apartment in Manhattan, my health. There were things to be grateful for and yet I wasn't fulfilled. And that really struck me because I... I feel like I've had a similar journey and I've felt uh, similar feelings. Um, so was, first of all, thank you for, for sharing that in a podcast and, and putting that out into the world. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And um, just thank you, Tim, for having me on your podcast today. I love what you're doing. I love what you stand for. Um, I think it's so important for us to all share our own stories and be vulnerable. And I think that's just it. You know, like I... I have seen what comes when people are vulnerable and share their own stories and their walks of life and how it can impact others. And so that particular story um, was really the start of my own personal transformation and the journey that I've been on for the past, I'd say, three years now. Um, And it started with really sharing with certain people and then sharing with friends and coworkers and family members and seeing the impact I was having on others by doing that. And so the in the arena podcast that you mentioned that that I host at LinkedIn is all about you know being authentic and being vulnerable, sharing stories so that others can learn from that as well. So you were you were sharing this with with others and kind of you, I imagine that's part of what kind of reali- made you realize you could start maybe sharing your story more. I'm I'm curious, were you someone who I think about myself? I'm nowadays I'm comfortable sharing things like this, but in the past, definitely not so much. Were you someone that was not, maybe not aware that, you know, I'll give you an example. For me, the simple act of talking to someone like yourself and just talking about this changes everything for me now. Were you, but I wasn't aware of that. Were you someone that like wasn't aware of that either? And then all of a sudden stumbled upon it? So it's a good question. I have always been someone who has felt strongly about sharing my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, talking things out with individuals. Um, You know, even when I was struggling in my marriage for a full year, I was very open about what I was feeling inside in terms of feeling unfulfilled, right? Yeah. The turning point for me in terms of making a bigger impact, and I'll just share a quick story. 
at LinkedIn, where I work currently, we have every year a theme. And the theme is aligned to one of our culture and values that we have at the company. And the theme for 2017 was transformation. And I really took it to heart. Like I, at the end of 2016, I went into that year and I was already feeling, you know, unfulfilled and really started this self-exploration journey. And I took it to heart. And um, that following year, I was asked by the company to share my story. So all the work that I put in over the course of 12 months in terms of things like you know, starting meditation practice, journaling, gratitude practice, um, reading a lot of self-help books. And um, I said, no, they wanted me to speak in front of 500 people and share, you know, a five minute speech on what my transformation story was like. And I said, no. What what made them approach you? Were were you pretty open? I mean, with, with some people about this and they were like, oh, we should, we should get Jackie to kind of speak on this. So I, um, throughout that year, I was very open when at the times when I was struggling with my manager and my manager, um, was one of the people that was contacted as a a spew spew of managers, I guess, at the company Mm -hmm. under this one umbrella, the sales organization, um, to ask for stories. And she thought of me because I, you know, she knew what I was up to and what I was doing. And so when I was approached, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to share my story with 500 people. And the um, the guy who's now a mentor of mine at LinkedIn, who was really running this speaker series around transformation, he said, listen, he's like, I understand that this is scary and that this can feel hard, but you are going to impact so many people through your story. And I promise you, you will be happy that you did it at the end. He goes, take some time to think about it and get back to me. So I am also someone who is an optimist and sees windows of opportunities as as things that come in our life and we can either close the door or close the window or open it and see like what's that. inside. And so in in those 24 hours I I said, "You know what? This is something that's coming my way. It's scary, but that's how we grow. So let me let me go for it." And I will say that speech, it was January of 2018, put me on the path that now I have a podcast where I'm sharing these stories openly and feel great about it. Um, after sharing that speech, I got so much, again, just positive feedback and people who felt really impacted and inspired to make changes in their lives on things that they had been sitting on. And it felt really good to be able to impact people in a, in a scalable way. And so today, um, that is my goal, right? To do that in a scalable way. I love that because I mean, as someone, you know, I think part of the reason, um, I was, was drawn when I was listening to your episode of that podcast and I heard that snippet I read earlier, is that like, I felt, oh, I think this is someone here who's been through something similar. I, I'm drawn to this because I want to learn more because the more I learn about others that have gone through something similar, the more I feel stronger that like, this is something that, you know, many people go through and we're all transforming and there's big changes in our lives. And so like, I think about this, if you had never, oh my gosh, think about all the different steps that have to go into place. But if your mentor had never convinced you to kind of you know, step outside your comfort zone there. Um, yeah. Cause, My cause life imagine, would be totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Your life would be totally different. And now that you've positively impacted so many other lives, those lives would be totally different. Why? I'm curious when you initially said no, why did you say no to speaking in front of the company? Because it's scary. It's, um, it's scary to be vulnerable 
because you're going outside your comfort zone, you're doing something that feels icky and not good because you don't know how others are going to react and you don't know how you're going to feel afterwards. And I think as humans, we are just so wired to care what others think about us. And that is something that um, through my transformation journey and through, I'm also a practicing life coach. Um, I have a practice outside of LinkedIn and um, I'm really, you know, that is something that I work on with my clients as well is not caring what other people think and really staying true to yourself and, and your authentic voice. So I think when you're vulnerable, you don't know how people are going to react to you. And that's scary, but being okay and confident with this is your story. This is who you are. No one can take that away from you. That's within you and you get to choose how that makes you feel. So if people react negatively, you can choose not to let it get to you. And that's great. You know, and that's that's the work. Um, so I think also, you know, I felt like part of my story was um, ending my marriage, which was actually an outcome of the inner, you know, lack of fulfillment that I was feeling. An outcome was ending my marriage. It wasn't the marriage that made me feel unfulfilled, if you know, to to say it that way. Um, but I was. A little nervous to kind of share on stage because it was a big part of my story and um but I did and I and I I couldn't ignore it right I had to be true to myself and true to what was um two people I know um who listened to that speech within the following year or two actually ended their marriages and I'm not going to say that it was because of me but the speech yeah. actually gave them the impetus to look a little bit further at themselves and the life that they were living and came back to me and said, you know, because I heard you speak and the courage that you had to share. And vulnerability is just that, you know, and Brene Brown, who's one of my role models, uh, you know, she is a, for those of you who don't know her to the listeners, um, she's a researcher on vulnerability. She's a professor um, in Texas and she is really just so inspiring. And she talks about vulnerability as, vulnerability as courage, not a weakness. And I, and I, I truly believe that that is uh, what it's all about. I love that you brought up Renee Brown because I feel like I'm so much more aware of her now. I don't know if it's a case of, you know, when you buy a new car and you see that new car everywhere, but I, what, what, we're, in, we're in April 2019 right now. So uh, beginning of last year, 2018. We're actually in 2020, Tim. Oh my, oh, wow. <laughs> To be fair, though, we are uh, recording this amidst the you know, all these stay-at-home <laughs> shelters with the coronavirus. That is true. The day is what, really I, all. Yeah, we never know what day it together. is. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Um, so beginning of 2019, so um, I'm going through uh, my divorce and my transformation journey. And I remember I was, this is when Brene Brown released her Netflix, um, I forgot what it was called, but it was on Netflix, a special. And I, I saw it and I'm blanking out on the title as well. Where yeah. she talked to the audience. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was it was it was trans it was transformational for me. I remember I'm sitting, like the way we, my my ex and I had had arranged kind of um, the transition into eventually getting divorces. Like oh, our children, and we had a house. We we just kept shuffling in and out of the house. The children could always be at the house. So like the nights we weren't there, we'd be somewhere else. So half the time I was at my parents' house. And I remember I'm sitting on the couch at my parents' house one night and I'm, you know, I usually would watch TV on my laptop and I'm watching, I just stumbled on this Brene Brown thing and I'm, I'm watching it. And it just like, it, I mean, you talk about the vulnerability and, and, and just everything, it just completely changed everything for me. 
And now I feel like I see Brene Brown everywhere. And, oh, yeah. And I'm glad because I hope she's yeah. changing others too. Oh, she truly is. Um, Daring Greatly is one of her books. She has a few books out, I think five or six, but Daring Greatly was a life changer for me. Um, and that was, you know, post my divorce, but during this this first year of true, you know, transformation for myself. And since then, I mean, I follow her regularly and um, I just, I love what she has to say. Yeah, she's impacting a lot of people. Yeah, I think I saw on your LinkedIn from a couple of years ago, you you and a couple of colleagues had a picture with her. I don't know if she came to a company yeah. event or something, but I was like, oh, no, she... I have a feeling this is a big deal for Jackie. Wow, I love that you saw that. That was a long time ago. Um, she actually was, yeah, she did a really good talk in New York um, at a at a church and I had heard about it from a client of mine actually who knew that I, I was a fan of hers. $20 tickets, you know, we went in and... Um, I love her so much that she was like, no book signings. And I got right up there and asked her to <laughs> sign. Actually, my, my colleague's book, not mine. But um, we got a picture with her and it was, it was a great night. Oh, that's awesome. I hope uh, once this whole coronavirus thing is over and all, all us humans are back to socializing, that she'll, she'll get back on the road and come visit all the different cities. Yeah, I hope so. You mentioned that you um, do life coaching, um, and I was listening uh, one of the episodes of your podcast. You were talking about your journey and how you um, you knew pretty early on in your life that you know through your kind of desire to help others that uh, through some research it seemed like a life coach was kind of a role you wanted to fall into and and pursue, and so you approached your dad. Uh, who you know is someone that you confide in and, and really admire, and he said, "But you don't have any life experience yet. Maybe you should go get some life experience." Yeah. Um, what did that mean to you? What, what, yeah. Were you like, "Oh, dad," or you're like, "Ah, oh, you're kind of right." Yeah, this was. Um, it's such a funny moment to think back because it was not pivotal then. Maybe it was, but it's so pivotal now. So I was about 19 years old, sitting in my college dorm. I majored in psychology. I went to Lehigh University and I knew I didn't want to be a therapist, um, mainly for two reasons. One, um, I'm a very future based person. So I really like to look in the future and optimize and I'm in, um, you know, create and, um, look at goals and achieve. And I'm not someone who's very nostalgic. I don't look in the past a lot. And so, for that reason, I really want to do something that was more forward thinking. I'm also a very dynamic person. I thrive off people's energy and connection. And so um, to me, a therapist was one on one, you know, throughout the day. And I really wanted to be more in a corporate setting where I was surrounded by individuals. Um, so I majored in psychology and I was researching jobs. You know, what am I going to do when I graduate? And Which is I just across... a terrible position we get in. I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like no, this idea fine. that at 18, let's decide the rest of our life what we're going to be doing. So I, I can't imagine. That was me, right? Like I was always preparing for the next thing, the next step. And um, again, something that I'm working on, not to say, I mean, I'm very goal oriented, but not, not stressing. You know, I grew up very, I was always stressed about homework and assignments and I was a good student. And at this, you know, I've learned a lot to like let go of, of a lot of that. And that's something that for, for myself, I, I continue to work on. Um, but in this moment, you know, it was like researching jobs and thinking about what I want to do. And I came across life coaching. and I said, wow, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to inspire people to be their best and truest selves and live their best lives. Like what sounds greater than that? 
And I called my dad and I said, dad, who, you know, you know, unfortunately my dad did pass away uh, last year. Um, yeah, I'm so, sorry to hear about that. Yeah. Thank you. But, um, he, you know, was my role model, my confidant, my mentor, my father, everything best friend, like rolled into one throughout uh, my whole life. Yeah. Um, and so he was someone that I would call definitely at that moment. And I said, dad, I know what I want to do with my life. And he said, what? And I said, I want to be a life coach. He goes, a life coach? He goes, Jackie, you have no life experience. How are you going to be a life coach? And I was like, well, you know, I just want to help people be their best selves and impact others. And he goes, he goes, why don't you put it on the back burner and get a real job? <laughs> but literally, quote unquote, that is what he said. <laughs> so as a teenager does, and as I did, was I listened to my dad. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I actually went into human resources because I was like, what is the closest thing I can do to get to helping people, but in the corporate space. And really my career has been at two companies. I, I was at Bloomberg for five years and I've been at LinkedIn for five years and still there, always in roles dealing with people, right? And um, helping others. And, you know, it wasn't until I started on this transformation journey where, you know, in my late twenties, I um, kind of woke up and we can definitely talk a little bit more about that. I know that was kind of where this story, you know, that, that attracted you to, to my story starts. Um, and once I started going through my transformation and like actually living life and experiencing life, like my dad said, you know, I didn't have, I now had it. And after giving that speech that I talked about earlier on at LinkedIn, um, that just put me on the pathway to saying now's the time. And so I did a 12 month life coaching program um, I have clients on the side. I've been coaching for almost two years now, and it's it's literally lights up my life. I love, love, love the coaching. It energizes me. And so I feel so aligned to my purpose in this world. And I think back to that story, and it's just, it's funny, because at the time, I, I hadn't thought about it in my 20s, which yeah. is funny. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, it's so great, though, that you're, I mean, you you found this, and you love it, and the impact you're having on others. Thank were, you. Were you I feel always, very blessed. Yeah. Were you always someone who was um, goal oriented or thinking about the future and know, knew what you want? Like as a kid, what what was like your childhood? Were you were you the student that was you know knew from from kindergarten what was going on? Oh yeah, you should ask my two older sisters how I was. If I had a test, it was everybody be quiet in the house. I'm studying. No one can speak. Oh okay. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I was very like you know. Um, I cared a lot about grades and doing well and what my future was about. And, you know, it, it's, it's a great ass characteristic to have, I think. And yet it also, um, has prevented me from allowing life to unfold. And I think this, this really relates to that script that I was talking yeah. about is that I had this kind of vision. Oh, you go to college, you get a job, you meet the guy, you you move in together, you get engaged, you get the dog, like all the things is just what I assumed life was. That, that's what you did. And so I was very on this track of trying to obtain that um, until you know I realized how misaligned I was between what I thought was meant for me and what I was supposed to do versus inherently how I truly felt and the connection that I had to my own self and my desires and what I want to be in this world. 
I, I love that you the way you describe it. I was like, yeah, that, that script. I think about I I had a similar, you know, a similar path in terms of like it, I don't think it was so much that I I don't even know if I was conscious of the fact that I was following that script or that that script was you know subconsciously probably given or um, told to me throughout my life. But you know, I think I was going down that road, and then I think the first, I guess. Um, hurdle or the first the first like bump in the road of like wait a second maybe this isn't the right road was i remember after college or getting out of college i had a job lined up good money good um good job and i was just like i had this moment where i was like i don't want to sit behind a desk the rest of my life and i like emailed them a day later and i was like it's literally not you it's me like this is all great but i can't i can't do it and they were like what and I remember, um, I don't know if you remember what song was that. John Mayer had a song, but uh, the one lyric was, the real world is just a lie you have to rise above. Yeah. And I remember starting to think about that of like this real world that we're prepared for, for like 18 years. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's totally different than we were told those 18 years. And it sounds like, you know, you as well, you know, I think both of us throughout kind of that post-college time started to realize that, well, maybe it's not quite that script that someone was telling me about. Yeah. And and I have to agree with you. I was not conscious of the script either. I say it now as if I was very aware of it, yeah, hindsight. only because I'm so aware of it right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was not aware of it. And I, I think, actually, I know awareness has been the biggest key to this all. Um, you know, you, you, something that I'd said in the podcast, you may have read this in the, um, the quote that you read was feeling like I was not awake. Like I was asleep for a long time, um, throughout my twenties and, and that almost awakening, right. That's like awareness, consciousness. And once I was able to become aware that I was not fulfilled, I was able then to make decisions and choices to get me back on, on this, not even back, but to a path that, really felt more aligned. And when I say aligned, I really think of the mind, body, and soul. So like your your gut and your heart and your head are all communicating. So I am very heady. So I was making all these decisions throughout my life based on what I thought using my mind. Oh, this is the best thing to do next. This is the best school to go to. This is the best guy because, you know, he's great on paper or whatever it may be, but not really listening to my heart or my gut for sure. And so that awareness allowed me to then really check in with who I am and then start really rebuilding from almost like the ground up, like, who am I? It sounds so meta, but I don't think that at least I was not taught growing up to really be in tune with who I was. I was just more aligned with what I thought should be, which is the script. What I thought should be. That's that's exactly it. You said uh, two older sisters. Uh, I have two younger siblings. So what's it like being the youngest? Did you enjoy being the youngest? Was it were they you know pretty uh, pretty good to you? Or uh, if you were asking them yeah. to always be quiet while you're taking tests, I imagine there would be some <laughs> side looks going on there. Oh, of course. I mean. I was, I was the baby, you know, I, um, I got my way a lot. I was very bratty, I'm sure. Um, obviously had some good qualities as well, making myself seem like a little bit of a demon here, but, um, yeah, they were, I mean, my sisters are amazing. I am very fortunate to have grown up in a loving family with, uh, loving parents, loving sisters, um, really great, you know, warm household and, um, to this day, they are, you know, my 
confidants and, and great friends. And of course, over the years, we had, we've had our ups and downs in terms of, you know, my oldest sister is 12 years older than I am. So that age gap over time, depending on how old she was and how old I was and the, the stages we were in, for example, when I was a teenager, I was a teenager and she was a lot older. And so there were ups and downs in terms of how we um, got along and, um, you know, what we spoke about in our conversations and how close we were in general. But today it's, we are all, all the same and I couldn't be more grateful for them. Yeah. I noticed, especially as you get older, the relationship, I think evolves so much in that age. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have that big of an age gap, but I think the age gap matters less the older you get. Um, for sure. Especially Once you're an adult, you're an adult and that's, yeah, you know, that's yeah, exactly. It. What about your, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Um, what I assume then it sounds like your relationship with your parents has always been something that is strong and they've been supportive and that kind of thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I, I have no complaints. I grew up very great childhood parents, always supportive. I also grew up in a very open household in terms of we were allowed to share a lot and I was able to be um, open and, and trusting with my parents. And that really allowed me not to fear things or not to rebel because I was able to just tell them when things were hard or off. And I, I, I find that not everyone has that. And I think that has really impacted me in the way that I show up today and how I show up for my team specifically at LinkedIn. I manage a team there and always trying to create that open and honest environment with them so that they feel comfortable coming to me with anything that's on their mind, personal or professional, and knowing that I won't judge them or not have their back regardless. So there's a lot of ways that I was impacted by my parents. And, um, you know, my, my father, he passed away from cancer in uh, January of 2019. He had a, a bout of cancer multiple times throughout his life, unfortunately. And this was really the last stretch. And, you know, throughout this transformation journey that I've been on over the past three years, I've gotten a lot more in touch with my spiritual side. And that was something that because I was misaligned with who I was, I pushed down for a very long time. And a part of me knew I was pushing it down and not addressing it. And a, a part of me was just so in my head and, you know, on that script and that yeah. path yeah. that I didn't allow myself to really look at it. And I can say that even though he's not physically here, I truly feel him around me. I see signs from him. I, I speak to him. I feel very comforted by him. And like knowing that even though he's not here, I really believe he is here. And that, that faith and that spiritual, um, connection that I have has, has really helped me get through what was the hardest time in my life and continues to be hard you know, and challenging not having a father who I was so close with growing up. Yeah. Especially I, just thinking about like, he was there for so many big parts of, your, you know, just thinking developmentally, like us as humans, mm -hmm. I mean, he was there for it all. I mean, for, for so much of it. So that's, you know, all of a sudden to, to not have him there anymore has to be so tough. Yeah. Is it, um, when he, I feel like I was reading you had you had shared that when he passed away that or before he passed away, but that like you and the family kind of sat down and just all kind of shared openly like how you felt about death and how you know how this affected you and that really struck me because I think that's so healthy 
but I also think that's probably the exception rather than the rule with the, you know, most of us people. Um, was that something that was just totally typical for your family? Like you all sat down and, and did that together or is that something that like you had to kind of push each other to do? If I learned anything through my life coaching program, I learned a lot. Um, and one of the great things about going through a coaching program is that you're not only getting skills, but you're also doing the own personal transformation work. So, you know, think about it. If you were to hire a personal trainer, you probably wouldn't want someone who wasn't that in shape. You'd probably want someone who's gone through the process themselves. So part of being a life coach is doing the, your own work. And one of the big things that we learned was the importance of going through your emotions. So when you're feeling anger or you're feeling sadness, allowing yourself to acknowledge it, be aware of it and ask yourself the questions, what's coming up for me? Where is this coming from? What am I feeling inside connecting to your, you know, your gut and your heart and your head and processing it? And, and that is, and so there's this book called Getting Real. It's uh, by Susan Campbell. It was one of the first books we read in my program. She has since become a mentor of mine. She's a therapist. She has a ton of books, just really, really great content if you're looking to live an authentic life. And she talks a lot about this and Getting Real is the importance of speaking and sharing your thoughts and your emotions with the people around you. Um, and in, in all different situations, right? If you get into an argument with someone that you love, not, you know, going the other way, not addressing it, but really leaning into it. And so the particular experience that you're referencing was something that I really started because of this book. And while my family was open and we talked a lot, we, there was, you know, a wall where we probably didn't always cross, right? Sure, like we sure. kind of stopped. That's which totally sense. natural, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, my dad, you know, we knew he was dying. He, um, he always just, he was an incredible person and just wanted the best for our family. And so he knew he was not going to be here for much longer. So he wanted to set us up for success. So he scheduled family meetings for us. And what's funny is that both my sisters are married with kids, but the family meetings were the five of us, our core family. And I will say that over the past 16 years, it hadn't really been the five of us forever because I have multiple nieces and nephews. Um, there's always a bigger presence there. And it was sure. really something special about getting together just the five of us, even though it was a time of sadness because we knew that, you know, we're getting together to talk about how to plan his funeral. Um, but you know, it's, there was something beautiful about it as well. And, you know, these conversations that my dad set up were meant to be informative for us and helpful, not necessarily emotional or getting into things like what do we believe happens once you die. But I very much needed to address okay, you're not going to be here and there are these tactical things that we will do. Great, dad. Thank you so much for that. And we appreciate you setting us up for success. However, I want to talk about what's going to be like when you're not here for us as, as a family and emotionally. And so I, you know, express things like you're never going to meet my future husband or my future kids. And, um, we talked about what we all think life after death looks like and our own opinions on that. And my dad said, well, I see my sister who passed away five years before him. And it was just an unbelievable conversation. I mean, the amount of walls that just fall down when you break them and get into that 
zone that just is, feels uncomfortable, but then just feels so good. I mean, that was the epitome of that happening in that, that conversation with us five. Yeah. And I feel like you mentioned like the walls breaking down and then it feeling good. It's like, I think so many of us are, <clears throat> excuse me. So many of us are having these conversations or thinking these things that we don't normally share with others in our minds anyway. And I think whether we realize it or not, I, I would venture to guess most of us want to be sharing it or at least talking about it with at least one, you know, close person. Um, and so I, I, that's so great. That's it just, you know, I'm listening to you kind of tell that story and just visualize it in my mind. And it just looks like such a beautiful, I mean, honestly, I was like, this, this sounds like just a, a beautiful scene from like a great indie movie that I would be watching on Netflix and absolutely fall in love with. Um, but I don't mean to like minimize the, the impact, but, um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, um, when you say that he was setting you up for success, I remember he was like, like, Oh, we could cancel this bill and we can get rid of this subscription and you know, this will help you out financially and you don't need this cause I'll be gone. And I, I thought I, I, I saw humor in there. I, I, you know, I don't know your dad at all. Did not know him, but I just, I saw a little bit of like, you know, um, I don't know of a, a, a good sense of humor. Oh, my dad was such a jokester. Um, my dad was a mortgage banker, so, you know, he was in finance, but, um, he loved to do comedy on the side. I mean, any holiday party that they had for his company or a party that we ran for the family, he would love to do stand up and he'd make a comedy routine. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. He was, he was amazing. And my mom, you know, to this day says, I just miss dad because like one of the biggest reasons is because he just always made me laugh. Like even if they were bickering about something so silly, he could turn it into a joke. He's dying and he was able to be funny about it. I mean, just a quick story on that was like, we were talking about where he wanted to have his funeral at. And he, we mentioned one place he goes, no, he's like, I don't like that place. And we're like, why not? He's like, cause there's not good parking, you know, and we want to have good parking <laughs> for, for the people who are coming to my funeral. I mean, d- like so funny. Oh. And we were able to make light of it. And, and it was, it was great. Um, I do want to go back to one thing you said though, because I think this is a, a really pivotal, um, pivotal piece in inner work is holding on to things versus letting go. And you mentioned that people have, things in their head that they're thinking, but they don't often express it or yeah, say you almost it don't let it out or share and it. And they don't yeah. let it out. And what happens is like that manifests in our body and in our physical and when we hold things in. And it's not, of course there's there's boundaries. You don't let everything out and just spew. And actually Brene Brown talks a lot about that. Like yes, how do does. I be vulnerable without just like spewing everything that's on my mind? Of course there's a boundary. However like when we hold things in, it, it eats at us and it actually just affects us physically and mentally and emotionally. And when we release things, we're actually able to let go and feel a lot more calmer and at peace. And that can even be writing in a journal, right? That's why journaling has been proven to be such a good method for, um, for inner work because you're, you're taking the thoughts that are in your mind and you're releasing them and that's why to-do lists are great. Cause when you're stressed and then you make a to-do list, you're like, huh, I feel a lot better. It's like, cause you're actually getting it out. And so that can help in so many ways. If, if people, you know, our listeners are looking to do some of this inner work is just like finding those releases and whatever works for you can, can really help. It's funny that you mentioned the to-do list. Cause I, I do this all the time where I 
think about a simple example, like going to the grocery store and everything I need to get. And the more I start to kind of list it off in my mind, the more it starts to weigh on me. And as soon as I get it into that notes app on my phone, I can feel that sense of relief. Or if it's, you know, the weekend's coming up and I think about all the the tasks or errands I want to accomplish over the weekend, not necessarily which day I'm doing what, but like by the end of the weekend, I want this done. Yeah. Just simply putting it on that, you know, quote unquote to-do list. It it totally overwhelming when it's in us, but the second you get it out, you're like, Oh no, I don't need to think about it when I can, I can just look at my list and do it when I need to. It's, yeah, it's allowing yourself to release that so that you don't have to be thinking about it in your thoughts and getting and again feeling that overwhelming feeling. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I just never thought about that practice of writing it down on on the note on a note to be releasing it. And now that you mentioned that, I kind of like, oh, I am doing that. And you're right; it does feel good. So I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it works for you moving forward. Oh yeah, it's especially with all this this new you know current lifestyle we're in with the coronavirus and stuff i feel like getting getting anything inside your head that might start to be weighing down released in some way is more important than ever i mean especially if that involves physical activity if you can get out and go for a solo walk or something but um, i couldn't agree more yeah you you had written um you had written on your LinkedIn a while back a post just kind of reflecting on how working at LinkedIn has changed your life. And this one line caught my eye. It said, you wrote, recognizing that I am at cause for everything around me versus being at effect of the circumstances has changed the way I live my life today. And like recognizing I'm the cause for everything around me instead of being at effect of the circumstances. It's like, oh my goodness, that... (laughs) Like I feel that too, but that's a really strong realization that I don't think is easy to come to for a lot of people. It's not. And this is another big thing I learned from my coaching program was the difference between being at cause for things in your life. So being responsible and owning it versus being at effect and kind of being the victim or, you know, being a blamer. Um, I think people really get like the victim player mindset and like the difference between that. But this really goes to everything in life. Like even if you think that you've done nothing at all, it's always turning it back to yourself and said, what could I have done differently? And taking some sense of ownership in whatever occurs in your life, it gives you the power and it actually puts it in your hands to make these little changes. Um, the other thing is that, and I'll use the COVID-19 as, as a good example is, a lot of people are suffering right now for a million different reasons. Um, something that for me personally is that I live alone in a small apartment in, in Manhattan. The New York City right now is the epicenter in the U.S. of the outbreak. And people look at me and they're like, you're alone, you know, and how are you? You don't have people around you. And yeah, the first few days, the first week was tough. And then I was able to change my mindset. The reason I bring this up is because the circumstances that we live in are always going to change. A month ago, my life was completely different in terms of my circumstances. I was traveling in San Francisco. I was going to a conference. I was with people all the time. But circumstances are always going to change in life. Everything is impermanent. And the goal is to stay committed to who you are and be the best, regardless of what's going around you, 
going on around you. So as circumstances change, rather than going up when something's really good and down when something's really bad and then back up again when something's really good, the goal is to really just stay calm and steady and great and healthy and happy and fulfilled regardless. And so I look at this as a circumstantial viewpoint on life versus a commitment. And my commitment is to the values that I hold to my health, to being happy, to being fulfilled, to my family, to learning, to connection. These are things that I'm committed to regardless of what's going on. So when I'm in my apartment by myself, rather than feeling like, oh, I'm so lonely, I'm home all day alone, I change my mindset to say, I get to be home alone all day. What can I do to optimize this time? I'm going to listen to Tim's podcast. I'm going to cook because this is something that I've really been wanting to do. Or I'm going to read. Or I'm going to FaceTime my sister because I haven't spoken to her in a few days. I get to choose how to make the best of this time. And so that line right there, it's a really hefty concept. And it takes practice to embody it. But if you if you really anchor on it, it can change your life around. Yeah, I think it goes back to that concept of um, if we feel like we're living a script or if we feel like there's a script being given to us that kind of is the blueprint for our life that, well, then, of course, I'm the victim or I'm not in control. Like, the script has told me to go this way. I don't like it. What the hell? This is not fair. Um, Whereas if we start to recognize that maybe there isn't a script or maybe we can change the script, um, then... Now it's, you know, you flip that mindset of, well, okay, well now if I don't like the way I'm going, I have a pretty good chance of, or pretty good ability to change that. And you get to own it. It's yours. You get to create your script. There's yeah. no script that's given to you. How, and I'm curious, cause I think about myself in this regard, how did you, I think about your, you know, your journey. So, you know, starting off kind of, okay, I'm on this, you know, not again, probably not even realizing it, but I'm on this, this traditional path or this script. And it turns out I'm not truly aligned with it, with who I am. And then you get to a point where like, eventually you're okay. I, I recognize it. I'm now rewriting it and I'm really, really in tune with who I am now. Was it, you know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, in that initial P, um, I read the excerpt from your one podcast episode, but you said, well, I woke up and I can't say it was one day, but it was a series. Like what, what did that look like? Like how did, how did that realization come to be in your mind? Was it, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking like for others out there, like how do you recognize that? Like, is it um, a physical manifestation? Like you're physically, you know, maybe your body is telling you through like you're getting stomach aches regularly or headaches or something that you normally didn't get. Was it like just, you know, a series of like kind of mental depression or I'm, I'm curious for you how you, that came to be. It's a good question. Um, I think the, the first thing that really was the, the thing that was the kicker for me was when my ex-husband and I got our dog. And when we got our dog, we were a lot more homebodies because we had to, she was a puppy. We had, I had to come home after work and stay with her all night. So I wasn't running around doing my normal activities after work. I wasn't going to the gym and then going to dinner with friends or going um, to different stores or shopping or meeting people. And I realized that just the space that I was given to be really like with myself and with this dog. I mean, one thing was that hit me was that 
I felt like, oh, this is like what it's like to have kids. And that was like a big way on me. Like, oh, this, like, this is my life. So that was like, probably like the aha when I was like, wait, this is my life. That was like a big thing. But it was the space that I was given to slow down that allowed me to be with myself more. And I hadn't really given myself that space to slow down and to really use that time to think and really assess how I'm doing. So I think it was the combination of having more time, just being at home in life, slowing down in that regard, which is what is happening for a lot of people right now with COVID-19. And that's why there's a lot of difficulties with isolation is because people are not normally slowing down at this pace. They're keeping their days busy with doing, 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 doing. And now they just have to be. And when you just be, a lot comes up for you. So I think it was that aspect. And then it was also this realization that, oh my God, this is my life. Like the next step is kids. And I, having kids freaked me out. And I asked myself why. And then I went to therapy and I started studying Kabbalah as a spiritual practice. So then I started taking the steps to figure out what is going on. So that's where it wasn't in like a day. Obviously there was a series that led up to it, but there was definitely a down point, right? Like a a point where it was like, Oh, this is, I'm not, I'm feeling off. I'm not feeling fulfilled right now. It almost feels like a series of um, instances where you had, I want to say uncomfortable and uncomfortable is not always bad, but like a, a feeling of like, wait, I don't feel like myself. This doesn't feel Yeah. This doesn't feel like my life. I was not aligned. Like there was something inside and, and you mentioned physical manifestations. I am someone who gets physical effects in my body when I am stressed. And one thing that I was diagnosed with during this time was TMJ with my jaw. So I, my jaw was cracking so much. Oh, goodness. And do you know how I healed it? Through meditation. I started really? meditating and it went away. My dentist wanted me to wear a mouth guard. I didn't want to, quite frankly, spend the money on it because my insurance didn't cover it. And I had just gotten separated from my husband and I was concerned about finances. And I said, let me see if I can handle this because I realized it was the stress of everything that was affecting me during that time that caused me to have this for like a year plus before even getting diagnosed with it. And it it went away. It went away. So the physical manifestation is real and something to definitely look into. And that's, I'd say, like the physical body part of like the mind, the heart, the gut, like making sure those are all connected. Yeah, that's something I never... I don't know if it's something I just was slow to come to realize, but I never connected the dots between stress and uh, just, you know, misalignment in your life. Just those things you're feeling in your head, they are connected to your body. Like your body can physically change or alter itself from what you consider normal to respond to that. And that, you know, I I do, I I feel like I'm still learning that and still learning how to to kind of understand that but yeah I feel there's like that's this a great book yeah um louise hay she's an author she has a, a few different books out but you can heal your life is one of her books that's fantastic and she talks about different body parts and she goes through everything so body parts but also like diseases um and how what you're holding on to and like what you're not letting go of or how you grew up and things that are kind of with you and your body are manifesting into these different symptoms. 
So she has like a, a whole list in this book of here are the symptoms, here are the probable causes for them. And then what are some affirmations that you can start saying to yourself to release some of this tension? And she has done this before with multiple patients where people's symptoms have gone away when they are practicing the inner work to then relieve some of the physical manifestations. That just blows my mind. I love that. And like I said, coming to that realization, finally, I feel like it just changes your life because you're like, wait a second, like I can change this. I can actually make this go away or, you know, make myself feel better. Like I have that ability. And I guess it's can be kind of actually intimidating then, but it's very empowering. And, you know, when you were talking about the article about um, how LinkedIn has changed my life that I posted on LinkedIn and you said there's one quote I didn't know what quote you were going to read, but one thought, one quote that I thought you may would re- may have read, and I'm glad you read the one that you did, was around having free will and getting to choose. Because during this transformation journey, that is the first thing that I learned, I'd say, on this path, was that talking about the script that I get to choose and that we all have free will. So I get to choose how I respond to someone. I get to choose what I want in my life. I get every single thing. We have choices and no one, and that is, something that we, I took for granted for always that I, I get to choose. And so I love how you just put that with, Oh, I get to choose to change this or own this if I want to. Right. And, and then taking the necessary steps to, to get there. Yeah. I feel it's so important because once you realize it, I think you're going to be more likely to want to harness that and, and take that realization and run with it. But getting to the realization, if you're not there yet, I think it can be, can be difficult because it's not, I don't know why it doesn't naturally happen for us. I feel like we don't start off that way. Like we have to figure that part out. I agree. I think that we are given lessons in life, things that happen to us. We could then say, how did this happen for uh, for me rather than to me and change it around. But I think I do believe things happen to, to us for a reason so that we can learn from it. So I, I, I agree. I don't know if anyone... I would love for, for us all to just know this and have this mindset and, and walk through it. But I do believe there is a big sense of learning that comes with being on this earth. Yeah. I think I, um, I recently spoke with, um, uh, Scotty Isiri. He, um, is the, he has a podcast. He works for the, was it committee for children? It's this 40 year old nonprofit that is all about social and emotional learning for children. I think it's called Step 2 is their program that's like in schools and stuff. But they just launched a podcast called The Imagine Neighborhood. And it's all about weekly episodes to help children and parents together understand different concepts around like social and emotional learning. Like if you're getting angry, how to process that and that it's okay to be angry. And it's, you know, it's macho to be crying or sad and things like that. And I'm reminded of that now because I think that's so much needed in this world. I feel like we don't maybe that's it is we don't start off traditionally in our society today with the social or especially the emotional intelligence and the emotional learning as children. And then, you know, we kind of hopefully learn it later on. So important. And I love the movement that's happening right now in the education system by putting some of these practices like meditation in kindergarten classes. I just, we didn't grow up with it and it is so important. So I'm loving, I love that. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it really struck me because I feel like that's an area that I've really myself kind of dove into lately, you know, in the past couple of years is that idea of like emotional intelligence and just, I'm listening to some of these episodes with my children and I'm like, you know, there's one about asking for help and I'm like, well, I could have used this one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so true. We all could have probably. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
So let me ask you this. You're, you know, you, you really kind of, um, phrase this as, you know, just kind of, you know, the, the story you've shared recently with me and others as your transformation journey, um, do you think it's it's over? I mean, are you transformed? Is this is there a next chapter of this, or is this ongoing? Oh, transformation is a journey. Um, there's definitely phases where you hit points and you're like, yes, and you feel different, and then you just continue on that transformation. So, no, it is not over. There's always work to be done, in my opinion. Um, there's always lessons to be learned and every day what we're faced with and how we handle different situations, decisions we have to make is a test to how much I've grown, right? When I look at the way that I'm handling things and, um, so no, it's not over. Um, I'm a really big believer, uh, in micro moments. So transformation happens through these little moments in our life where we have the ability to choose differently. And when we choose differently, it actually makes a really big impact in the way that we show up for ourselves and others. And um, micro moments starts with awareness. And so my biggest thing is continuing to meditate and continuing to putting healthy habits in place for myself to keep me on this transformation journey that I feel so blessed to have had three years ago and blessed to continue to grow and learn and, and then be there you know, to help others as well as a life coach and also doing things like this today, sharing on, on your podcast, Tim. Yeah. I, I thank you so much for doing that, for, for all of that, for, for being here today. And thank you for, you know, the life coaching and just sharing your story on whatever social media platforms you, you like to. And I think, you know, I think about this a lot when you have this, you have this story that, like I said, I, I personally relate to this because I heard other people's stories and it really changed me for the better. And I was able to then, you know, like you said before, you're able to then change your own story and make a, a difference. Kind of like you said, you know, people you noticed after you gave that speech initially, they were able to kind of look at their lives and maybe adjust as they felt necessary. You doing this and sharing all this, you're now impacting all of us. And I, that's amazing. You don't have to do that. You know I mean? You could go on living your life and, and doing other things and I'm, so thankful that you chose to do that and that you're continuing to do that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we are all teachers and I truly believe that that's what your podcast is about, that we all have something to teach other people and we all have something to learn from others. So thank you for hosting this podcast, for asking me to be on today. It was a wonderful experience and I'm looking forward to continuing to being in touch with you, Tim. Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Please subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app, rate and review us, and share this episode with a friend. Thanks.